Janet Jackson's album Control from 86 is not at number one this week because of the Justin Timberlake apology, but that's what the media wants you to think. The real reason Janet is at number one coming up during this episode and words of wisdom from 101-year-old Mr. Al Rowe. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. My name's Dawn, and I'm Caddy's wife. I, If you have teenagers, which I do, I, we, we do, we have two, you are probably on social media platforms that you are not even aware that you're on. And here's why. And I know you and I have talked about this, how they, you're just living your life. And these kids zoom in on you and record you. And they love to zoom in, like really, really tight. So you're not talking about Zoom, the plat- the, the video no, conferencing not platform. not Zoom. The okay, ca- but you I'm mean talking just like pinch and, pinch, yes. and, pinch and peel or whatever it's yes. called. Yes, and they come in really tight on Chicken your face tug. to get like a, 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 basically an unflattering picture of you. Yes. And they have a library of these pictures. Like stock photos. Stock photos. And so that's just one part of it and i've asked these girls i'm like stop taking pictures of me number one what are you using these stock photos for so they make stickers out of them and then they create their own emojis so like if one of their friends olivia said this is the one and she said you've seen that horrible picture of me that she took at the band there's no such thing yeah no at the band meeting because she shot it yes Yes. okay so i said where do you use that picture get rid of that picture she goes oh it's awesome if somebody sends me a text that says oh, we're having a pop quiz in chemistry today. I send them back that meme. And it's me like, you know, like looking crazy. And I'm like, I I don't want to be a meme. And then Charlotte, last night, we were at Target. And I'm getting paper towels and all this stuff. And she's following along behind me. And they were playing some good song in Target. And I'm like bopping along, get my thing. And she's recording me. And I said, stop recording me. What are you doing with that? This is what she says. You ready for this? Mom, no, my friends love your videos. I said, what What videos? That was plural. Yes. I go, what videos? Oh, no, Mom, seriously. You're like a, you're like a, they love you. I said, who is they and where am I? What is my account? Like weird moms, side parts gone crazy, you know, skinny jeans and side parts. Like what, where am I? It sent me into a tizzy hide and they do the same thing to you. They, you know, they do. They record you. You've had them record you before too. And they record us when we're in the front seat and we're talking about something. They record us. You shouldn't be allowed to do that. No. I think that there's a, a we'll have to get uh, Jeffrey Jackson. I want to sign a Jackson waiver. Brubaker, yeah, I want a waiver. Because it's not right. And no. I, I've had a conversation with you and I'm, I'm going to get pissed here. I've had a conversation with the kids about that. I do not want to I do be, not give you permission. No, I don't. I don't. Because there are things that can be taken out of context. Yes. There are things that are not for public domain. Right. Uh, like very private conversations that you and I may be having. And, and the other thing the kids do, and then your kids probably do this too. We could do, spend an entire episode on this. And we damn well might right now. They they pretend like they have their AirPods in. Yes. And they're listening to their music. But they're not. They're not. They're listening to you. They're, they are honed in on your conversation and, and, and recording it. Yes. And posting it on social media platforms that, as Donna said, you don't even know that exist. Yeah. Yeah. This bullshit's what it is. Well, listen, that's how Kellyanne, Con- Kellyanne Conway got taken <laughs> down by that Claudia Conway on TikTok. And it's not like we're saying anything bad, but you're right. It's like, I don't want to be taken out of context. I don't know. And I'm just like, and then, what, oh, I don't know. I, I was like, stop recording me. 
And then when she told me that, I'm like, where are these videos? I go, show me the video. Are there multiple videos? She goes, no, mom. It's just like when you sing in the car and you don't know the words to a song or stuff. I'm like, what are you recording? So this got to stop. So this is kind of like a PSA. We, we do these things as PSAs for you. Because you may have been going through life thinking that your children are not recording you. And in fact, they are. So be aware. Be social media aware. I want to go ahead and get this Claudia Conway thing out of the way mm. right now. She's on American Idol. Well, she is. And American Idol really kind of used her as a um, a tune-in factor to the premiere, which was Sunday. I, I, I could care less about American Idol. To, to explain to you how long I have been removed from American Idol, I did want to just tune in for a minute Sunday night, and I accidentally went to Fox. I you went to Fox 5 here in Atlanta. How many years has Idol yeah. been on ABC now? Yeah. But that shows you how far removed I am from American Idol. But Claudia Conway is the daughter of Kellyanne and George Conway. Kellyanne was a senior advisor to uh, President Trump. Um, she is a, a staunch Republican, and her husband is a staunch Democrat. And Claudia has been on uh, TikTok. And she's, what, 16, 17? Yes. And and her mother is, I mean, if, but here again, we don't know if they're taken out of, of context, but the conversations that the mom has with the daughter are, inc- look to be incredibly, almost abusive, like harassing, you know, just horrible. Not the way you would speak to a child, but again, are they taken out of context? I don't know. Have you seen the clip of her on Idol? No. Or were you curious at all? Kind of, yeah. but yeah. See, I think the producers of Idol knew what they were doing. Yeah. Just to get the what's going to happen here factor, which the there's nobody better than the producers of American Idol at doing that. Here is uh, the clip from the premiere. Baby, you got me like oh. I don't know how much we can play, so I'll fast forward here. It's okay. Little... Take your shoes off. So you what other song do you have? We were scared of getting old. It made us restless. Doing a deal. Yes. Yeah, very good. It was just like a movie. I don't know if I'm a yes. Thank you. I think what you're doing right now is stepping forward and announcing who you are. Mm. Uh, You chose music. I'm going to give you a shot at music. It's a yes for me. So two out of three. She's going. Not going to D.C., honey. You're going (laughs) straight to Hollywood. (laughs) Luke was first. I got cut that part of the clip by accident, but Luke said no. Luke Bryan said no. Yes. Yeah. To Claudia Conway. I think he's taking more of a, um, he said he was more decisive. It's taken him a couple of go rounds to realize that Luke's a nice guy. Like he's kind of like a people pleaser, happy, always smiling. And I think he said for the first couple of seasons, he just could not say no to any of these kids. And so he said this season he was going to try to really kind of, you know, not be tougher, but be more selective. 20 page run of show for this episode of my second act. We got to get to work here. This is going to be a good episode. All right, what I, was your hype song? I, well, hey, let me say this. I know that we teased at the top Mr. Al Rowe, 101-year-old Al Rowe. That for full disclosure, that segment's already in the can. It's already been recorded. You need to hear this segment, Mr. Al, the final yes, segment of absolutely. the show. absolutely. Everybody needs to hear from Mr. Al Rowe. So uh, stay around for that, if nothing else. Uh, hype songs. What was yours? Uh, I'm still processing that. Go ahead. Oh, okay. My hype song was Rush. Rush. You remember the band Rush? Kind of. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, and the song is Spirit of Radio. And it's that one that has the, like, drum solo, like, to get it going. It just, like, get, no, nope, 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 not like that. Um, and it's from the album Permanent Waves, which is in, from 1980. And don't you remember, it has that great line, like, Rush. Okay, so Rush was three people. It was Getty Lee, um, who was very odd. You know, they were all from Canada. He was Neil, high. No, just odd. They were kind of odd. Um, Neil Pert, who played, he was he is like the most amazing drummer, like held up to a standard, like Eric Clapton is for guitar. Mm. 
Neil is for drums, but he recently passed away, and Alex Lifeson, and they're all Canadian. But um, don't you remember that line, like in um, Spirit of the Radio, all this machinery making modern music can still be. I don't. Oh my god, there's an age difference. There's an but age here's gap the thing about us. Rush, like they were one of the first bands that I went to see in concert. It was around the same time as Van Halen, but they were like really like I don't know what the hell they were talking about, but they were like this really like smart kind of brainy band and then you've got Van Halen you got David Lee Roth just trying to get people to take their pants off you know what I mean so it was crazy it was like this crazy time in music where you'd have like Rush and Yes and all these like deep philosophical bands and then you'd have like Foreigner and Van Halen and you know it was just crazy but I loved Rush so I'm adding that it's a great song when you hear it you're gonna be like oh yeah that was a good song all right what you got have you processed what is that huh? what are you doing I'm thinking, Donna. I'm not here for this thing. Oh, okay. We do it every week. I know. Twice a week, actually. Yeah. Uh, throw us in Janet Jackson. Okay. What would you like to, to uh, hear? Throw control. All right. Here's what's going on with this. Let's go ahead and mark, because we do have a lot to go over this episode. Let's go ahead and have the Janet Jackson conversation. The media wants you to think that because of the Justin Timberlake apology, you know, Justin apologized to Brittany um, and also to, to Janet Jackson for basically abandoning women. Um. Well, we're going to talk more about his apology and why it's in the news in, in segment two. But is that not a fair? Well, that was my question. What exactly is he apologizing? Okay, for? we'll get to that in a moment. Okay. But uh, the media wants you to think that because Justin Timberlake apologized to Janet Jackson, that suddenly Control shot to number one. And that is so far from the truth. Control was already at number one because it's 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 been 30, it's it's 35th year anniversary. Right. It probably but that just didn't shows hurt, you how. The, no, it didn't, and and it did certainly sell more copies of it. But the media wants you to think that because Justin Timberlake apologized to Janet Jackson, that her music skyrocketed to number one. The album had already been there for five days. Well, and let me be at real, number one. Let me be really clear. I know what he needs needed to apologize to both women for. Here is my question because I don't know this answer, and I'm sure you do. Did he apologize jointly or did he apologize to each person separately? No, it was a joint. It was a joint Instagram yeah. post. Which that's kind of crazy. I agree with that. He's apologizing to Janet for both women, basically for... Nibblegate at the Super Bowl. Well, for letting them take the fall. Right. You know, for his... And Britney, and the clip we're going to have from Diane Sawyer in a, in a Britney Spears interview coming up here in a moment. Uh, Diane Sawyer should went at Britney Spears. She needs to apologize. I think that Diane Sawyer needs to apologize more than Justin Timberlake. All right, I so agree. we got to get to all that. So control on the Donna and Caddy hype song playlist, Simple Search on Spotify. Uh, Taylor Swift is back. Let's uh, continue the music conversation since we are classified as a music podcast by Apple Podcasts. I've now finished re-recording all of Fearless, which will be coming out soon. My version of Fearless will have 26 songs on it because I've decided to add songs from the vault which are songs that almost made the original fearless album but i've now gone back and recorded those so that everyone will be able to hear not only the songs that made the album but the songs that almost made it the full picture i've been told april 9th is the actual drop date i'm excited about this for taylor and fearless why is this happening cadillac jack and that's the big story i think the backstory of why taylor swift is re-recording all of her music um, Taylor started her career with Big Machine Records. They retained the rights to her first six albums, which would be her self-titled debut, Taylor Swift, in 2006, through Reputation in 2017. The next, uh, I guess it was 2018, 2019, Big Machine sold the master recordings to Scooter Braun, um, who handles, uh, manages Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber, yep. among others. 
and and Taylor Swift always said that he was a bully and and has always refused to work with him. So in November of 2020, Scooter Braun sold the Masters to an investment firm for a reported $300 million. And Taylor maintained throughout the selling of her Masters and the reselling of her Masters that that she was um, stonewalled and, and not allowed any opportunity to buy her own music back. So what she's doing now by re-recording all of her music is the value of these Masters the financial value will tank. The financial value will shrink. I have a question. Is the new out, the one she's recording, will it have a different title? Will it be like Fearless Part 2? Taylor's uh, version. Everything is Taylor's version. So that's how, okay. Because I can imagine if you were looking up, it would there would be some some problems, some complications if they're both called, yeah, if they're both called Fearless and it's Taylor Swift. And I wondered how Billboard was going to deal with that and i'm going to search real quick for a tweet because when i saw it i was like ah that makes perfect sense here we go billboard uh, billboard which is the the music you know the chart publication confirms that taylor's version of love story and fearless will chart separately from the original releases in other words um they're treating it as a brand new song yeah new project well, it's very interesting. I think you said when you first heard, because um, they've only released the one song so far, as we said, but I think you said when you heard it, you're like, oh, Charlotte was telling me, dad thinks it sounds exactly like the other one. It doesn't. I didn't say exactly, but I, I couldn't. Oh, it doesn't. The, the background music is totally different and it's really good. Um, you know, I think those first albums from her were very, um, although it was country, it was very kind of not pop like, but it. I don't know. It seemed a little girlish in a way. Now, when you go back and listen to it, and it was more of the adult Taylor version re-recording the song. I'll tell you what's very interesting is now a lot of girls like, um, you know, our so our youngest is um, 14. And she is very, she's a Swifty, but a new generation Swifty you know, from, from the recent albums that Taylor released. And what's funny is I was saying to Charlotte last night, we were riding on our way to Target for her to record me. And we were listening to Taylor Swift. And I said, do you remember going to see when they were, when the girls were little, they went to see Taylor Swift and Andrea, Taylor's mom, gave them a tour of backstage. And she met Taylor Swift and she's like, I don't, I was so little. I don't hardly remember it. But now she has gone back and now she's, it, I think there's going to be, a, my point is, I think there's a whole, this new generation is going to rediscover the old Taylor music through her re-recording it. You know, obviously they knew it when they went to concerts, they would sing some of the songs, but I mean, she's like, Charlotte's really in now to her old cat- catalog too. So I, I but think see, that's what Taylor does. Not I want. think it's Taylor no, didn't want that. No, you I'm mean saying the, the, the old catalog via the Taylor, the yes. new Taylor's versions yes. of, of the songs. Yes. Okay. Yeah. She's a smart girl. April 9th, 26 tracks, including six you'd never heard before. Morgan Wallen is back, uh, in the headlines for his second apology. The double album Dangerous is spending a fifth week at number one on the Billboard chart. And this is the first time that has happened. Are you ready? Since 2002. Since Up from Shania Twain. Wow. Here is 40 seconds from the new Morgan Wallen apology. The video you saw was, was me on our 72 of 72 of a bender. I let so many people down. So this week I've been waiting to say anything further until I got the chance to apologize to those closest to me that I knew I personally hurt. I also accepted some invitations from some amazing black organizations 
to engage in some very real and honest conversations. And one thing I've learned already is I'm specifically sorry for is that it matters. My words matter. This week I heard firsthand some personal stories from black people that honestly shook me. And I know what I'm going through this week doesn't even compare to some of the trials I heard about from them. There's no reason to downplay what I did. I appreciate those who still see something in me and have defended me. But for today, please don't. Yeah, he was very clear in the five-minute YouTube apology part due that he does not want people to justify or um, say say it wasn't he, he doesn't deserve to to have been kicked you know to right. frozen by the label and to not have a chance to win what do you think about all that? I, I know you and i feel differently i think it was i think it was a good i think it was a heartfelt apology when it started i was like first of all you know i just love his accent i know you're eager to hear my apology but i th- i thought it was good i thought it was um humble i thought it was it listen it's a step in the right direction and to hear someone say that they, they were in hour 72 wow. of a 72 hour bender. That's three full days. You know, listen, if you were questioning that the man was struggling with um, some sort of substance abuse, there's, there's no question now. And it's one day at a time, you know, and I think it's funny. I was telling you, I'm such a Morgan Wallen fan, but I, I'll be honest. I've listened to the out to the songs differently in the past couple of weeks. I came home the other day and I said, and you thought it was hilarious because you're like, hello, it's obvious. But I said, every one of his songs is about drinking. The name of the song is Whiskey Glasses. But even the songs that aren't about drinking have underlying refer- underlying tones, yeah. like references to Jack Daniels. So he wrote these songs. So this was his life. This, you know, this is his life. And um, I think it's going to be, I mean, I say, I think it's going to be interesting to watch where it goes from here. I, I think it's also scary to watch someone who, listen, it it is scary to come out and you know this, to come out and say, we all know this, to say, I have a problem because then you've told everyone. And so all eyes are on you. And if at some point during your recovery, and I'm talking, I don't know when, could be two years, 10 years, you decide that whatever program you're working. Dak Shepard would be an example. Yeah, or whatever program you're working, it's okay for you to have one beer. The world is watching, and they may not agree. You know, because we've talked about this before. Everyone works their own program. program. And I don't belittle, that is not a belittlement to AA. I think there are some people who, you know, do different things to be able to cope. Addiction is a very sneaky thing. And yes, Dax Shepard, if you don't know, was addicted to opioids for a very long time. And was sober for a very long time. And then, you know, stumbled, stumbled and, and, and uh, called himself out, called himself out to his, to his wife. Yeah. Well, he also was apologizing because she had said something's not right. And he, as most addicts do, was turning it on her. And he finally on a podcast said, no, I'm not doing well. And and even his inner circle had said something's not right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I just think I think it's a scary thing to do that. But I think it's important sometimes to and I think people who deal with addiction would tell you that sometimes it's important to um, put it out there because then you are held accountable. If you are listening on Upload Day, thank you for that. Today's Tuesday, February the 16th. This Thursday, Luke Combs fans and listen, just music fans in general. If you've missed live music, Luke Combs. Like most artists on his level, if you're a headliner, you record every single show that you do. And Luke has decided this Thursday he is going to post a full show 
from 2020. I've heard even the last one that he did before the pandemic hit. And um, he's going to post it, I would imagine, on social media, all his platforms. I go to the Luke Combs Facebook page first, maybe, on Thursday, February the 18th. I am here for it. I love him. Him and his wife, Nicole, are the cutest things. And they fish all the time. It's fascinating to me the number of, like, not country artists that fish, but fish with their wives. Should we we start fishing? No. He was at the Daytona 500 this week and uh, performed for the first time since the pandemic. Luke Combs did. Michael McDowell went into Sunday's Daytona 500 as a 100-to-1 underdog. Michael McDowell went into the Daytona 500 Sunday with an O for 357 losing streak and won the damn race. Imagine if you had money on that one. It was uh, a very rain delay. There was a six-hour rain delay, and also like a 16-car crash in the first 15 laps, but then a a six-hour rain delay, and Michael McDowell on the last lap, the only one that matters, y'all. That's it. Kelly, it doesn't matter where you start college, it's where you saw finish. a fiery pile up in his rearview mirror and took the checker flag. Uh, Reigning Cup Series champ Chase Elliott from Dawsonville, Georgia, finished second, and 2018 Daytona 500 Austin Dillon uh, winner finished third. So that's that. The Zoom Cat Lawyer. Love him. When I saw this before it went viral, and I, I say that not because I'm like the the decider of what goes viral, but I saw this clip and pissed myself. So funny. And immediately sent it to you. And then like six hours later, it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is the video of the lawyer in Texas who couldn't turn off his cat filter when he was in a zoom virtual court hearing. Now he's being canceled by the internet. That conversation after the clip. Ponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. You might want to uh, take, take we're a trying look. to we're tr- can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, in the- it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's I'm here live. I'm not a cat. <laughs> I can see that. It was a I had saw a lot of places and heard the question who released the where did the video come from the judge is the one that released the video and the lawyer above him i guess maybe the i don't i don't the the the, the cat filter lawyer's name is rod ponton uh, the lawyer above him i guess for the other side in this particular hearing i mean is just has no idea what's going on just deadpan I can't every time I see it, I just die laughing because my favorite line is I'm prepared to go forward. Yeah, he, and I am a cat, not a cat. He, but as a I'm cat not, with yeah. a cat filter on, he was gonna go ahead and put up his case in okay, front of the judge. Here's he was what ready to roll on. Here's what I've thought about from this. If you are like if you're in a Zoom hearing with a judge, like if if I was a judge, I would be more lenient with someone with a kitty cat filter. Because it looked like a little kitty cat. And it's like, how could you be mean to a kitty cat? How can you put a kitty cat in jail? So I'm thinking like this, this is something like turn yourself like a potato would not be as effective. Appealing as a cat. Yeah. But like a little pup- appeal. Yeah. yeah get appeal it. Your yeah. I love that. Like a little kitty cat or yeah. a puppy dog. I'd be like, let's just let him do some community service. So, of course, people did some digging around about this lawyer, Rod. And it has been revealed that about six years ago, he was accused of using his position as a prosecutor to harass his ex. Maybe she turned him into a kitty cat. And he says that he wants merch. Yeah, he's he's going to sell merch merchandise. Yeah. Like you will soon be able to get you a kitty cat filter sweatshirt and coffee mug. I'll buy it. The Zoom cat lawyer. Hurts my car program 
is a nationwide program that allows you the freedom to get behind the wheel without the long-term commitment. With Hertz My Car, you experience the smart alternative to owning. You experience the smart alternative to leasing. Here's what you do. You enroll in Hertz My Car at Hertz.com slash My Car. That's H-E-R-T-Z, Hertz.com slash My Car. It's a monthly subscription service, uh, three different tiers, starting at just $5.99 per month. For $5.99 per month, you select from a variety of vehicles, one to fit your needs without the long-term commitment. But for $5.99, you also get premium roadside assistance. You avoid the hassle of maintaining your ride and enjoy built-in insurance. Yeah, and I mean, it is just... It's a program where if you are, um, you want to try out a car, you're, you're just not sure if you, what you want to buy yet. You know, maybe you're, you, maybe you've been in a four-door car and you, you know, a sedan more and you want to try out an SUV. This is a great way to try it. There's no long-term commitment. You, you start out with a two-month commitment, try it out. And then if you want to go purchase a car, you can. If you want to stay in the program, you can as well. And um, it, it's a great opportunity to try something different. You can um, change out. They say flip, but you can change out your car two times a month. They make it super easy. You're going to have a dedicated concierge person through Hertz that will kind of help you. You can call them and say, this is what I'm looking for. And they'll find you that kind of car. We've talked about before, you're not um, beholden to drive any certain brand. You maybe you can drive a Chevrolet, you can drive a GMC, you can drive an Infiniti. Um, there's, you know, it gives you the opportunity to try different brands. And here's the best part. Um, there is no credit check. There is no um, down payment. There is no, you're not going to have to come up with a huge amount of money if something happens to your car and you need maintenance because everything is included. The car, insurance, and maintenance is included in the one payment that you pay every month. And roadside assistance. Two thoughts that I had about the Hertz My Car program because we are, uh, sure. we're a part of the, of the program. For 25 years in Trusted Radio, I was partnered with GMC. I, for 25 years, drove nothing but GMC trucks and SUVs. Nothing. I'm now experiencing uh, a Jeep Wrangler. I'm now experiencing, which is a whole other culture, the whole Jeep culture, which I'm being introduced to or have been introduced to. Um, I was in a, a, a Cadillac Escalade, which is a GM, you know, Cadillac's a GM brand, but I'd never driven a Cadillac and I'd never driven a Cadillac before. Cadillac and a Cadillac. So you can, as Donna said, you can, you can experience all the different brands, all the different makes, all the different models. And now's not the time to buy or lease. Here's why. If you drive by a, a an automotive dealership right now, there's no inventory. Yep. The these dealerships, they they're they're in charge. They control everything. And you're not going to be able to negotiate. They control the power because the inventory is so low. is minimal. Nationwide availability, experience convenient pickup at over two thousand Hertz US corporate neighborhood or airport locations. Valid credit card must be presented at the time of rental. Learn more at Hertz.com slash my car. That's Hertz H E R T Z dot com slash my car always have the car that fits your need offering the ultimate transportation flexibility is just one more way hertz goes the extra mile for you chicken and sun-dried tomato cream sauce salisbury yes. steak with mashed potatoes yes i bet i got you at uh mashed potatoes or finger licking chicken with honey mustard oh my gosh the kids love it i'm looking at the february didn't you actually this has been next to me here in the the uh, Cadillac Jack, my second act podcast studio as we have recorded this episode. And I've just been kind of glancing at it wondering what do I want tonight? Because our delivery was uh, last week for the month of February. Here's how it works. You go to dinneraffair.com. 
once a month, you select the dinners that you would like to have delivered to your front porch or shipped nationwide. Pot Peep uh, Jody in, in North Carolina used the Caddy Reset 2021 code for $30 off her first order. Their delivery is, uh, is Thursday. For the, for the very first time, nutritious, delicious, healthy meals, chef-inspired, chef-created meals, no contract. 100% guaranteed dinneraffair.com. Yeah, I had one of our Pop Pete's, um, Crystal, reach out to me and she said that it, she's hit a wall. She said, I was standing, I was doing exactly what you guys talk about. I was standing in the grocery store and I'm like, I am so tired of cooking. And we get it. We get it. Everyone gets there. Um, so if you have run out of options, and even if you haven't, you just want to try something different, dinner affairs for you, you're going to get to put the meals together. But when we say cooking, we're, it's really putting three, four simple steps together. Everything you need, everything you need comes with the meal. So you're not going to get halfway through the meal, which you can even do when you're cooking your own food and say, I had no idea that recipe called for that. I don't have that. Um, anything you need for the recipe, dinner affair is going to include. If you do not like ingredients, if you're not a mushroom kind of gal, take them out. We don't like onions and peppers. We take them out. They're very nutritious, they're healthy, but they're good. It's good food. So again, you're not going to have to make three separate meals, one for you and your husband, and then two more for additional kids. Everyone is going to want to eat the dinner fair meals. Last night, we uh, did a chicken and shrimp pad thai. It was fabulous. Everything comes in, in different Ziploc bags, including red pepper flakes. Olivia, our 17-year-old daughter, was like, Dad, wait a minute. They, they, they sent red pepper flakes in an individual Ziploc bag? And I said, yes, because some people don't want that 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 spicy. Don't want it that spicy in their meal. Dinneraffair.com, dinneraffare.com. Uh, just as a quick example, if you chose the package with six chef-crafted dinners, serves four to six people, price per serving, $5.25. The six dinner price is $1.89. Use Caddy Reset 2021 for 30 bucks off your first order. Dinner, A-F-A-R-E.com, dinneraffair.com. I had forgotten just how obsessed we as a culture, we as a world, had become with Britney Spears. There's a documentary on Hulu. Hulu. Called Framing Britney Spears. The and, New York Times. Well, as we alluded to last episode, and I feel that we need to revisit this again because you're never going to find it when you search for it unless you enter the T-H-E New York Times. Is it presents? Yes. Breaking, breaking yeah. Britney. As long as you put the New York Times, you're going to find it. Framing Britney Spears. Yeah. Yeah. She started at such a young age. You forget she was on Star Search. Yeah. Ed McMahon, well, Ed McMahon was interviewing her. So she started on Star Search. And I will say the one thing I always knew she was very, you know, she was driven. And I think if you have a kid that's that talented and driven, they're going to find their way. But I, I, I found one of the first things that I flagged in the documentary was the fact that her father, Jamie Spears, was very indifferent to her career. Her mom was really kind of driving it in the beginning. But the one thing that the dad kept that the dad said to, to people who were managing her is, ah, she's going to make so much money, I'm going to get a boat. And I was like, hmm. You know, they basically sent her to New York. And I was so excited because you had forgotten about Fifi. Felicia. Felicia Collada, who, who was this middle-aged... Who was thrown into all this. Yes, who was this really southern middle-aged woman from Louisiana who was friends with, with her mother, Lynn. Lynn Spears, and who basically went to New York and operated as Britney's guardian, in a way, because the mom and dad couldn't leave. You know, they had Jamie Lynn, the younger daughter. They couldn't leave Louisiana, and the dad... But, but Felicia was in over her head. 
weigh in. Yeah. And she's sitting in on meetings about branding. Yeah. And, and she's dealing with radio and record labels yeah. and fan clubs and, and just. She got thrown in quickly. Yeah. So um, it was very interesting because I said to you, you just forget. You forget all of the things that happened. And we were having a separate conversation because as it became apparent throughout the documentary, you know, the media stalked her and set her up to fail. She started out, you know, as such a young person and then the Mickey Mouse Club and then her and Justin Timberlake, you always remember them in those matching jean outfits, blue jean outfits from the MTV Awards. And, you know, their whole relationship, they were kind of like the prom king and queen of America at the time. And then, you know, he alluded to the fact that she had a relationship with a backup dancer and it became just this craziness. But what I said to you is, it would not exist in this day and age for a variety of reasons. But the other thing was people, you and this is going to sound crazy to people that don't remember this time, but people used to be consumed with who was on the cover of the National Enquirer in the grocery store or on people or on us. I used because to buy, you couldn't go to the website and they no, would have the, the, the no. cover on there this week on the cover of People magazine. No, I mean, I remember Prez Hilton being one of the first Golly. kind of bloggers you know, to talk about Hollywood, but there was no TMZ. There was no, there was entertainment tonight, but entertainment tonight was very different. It was, it was kind of more of like a, I don't know, like an interview, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't like a gotcha type thing at the time. So the biggest gotcha media was the National Enquirer. We're going to talk about it on another pod. We watched the Tiger Woods documentary um, and how they got him. And really broke and that story. And John Edwards, during that time, they were the ones who were breaking these crazy stories. But there was a conversation, and, and you were talking about it earlier, with her and Diane Sawyer. And it was just so painful to watch. And listen to. Do you like your voice? What happened to your clothes? Or what's this about? No kidding. What is it about? Is it about shocking people? Have you ever gone further than you wish you had? I have to ask about Justin. He has gone on television and pretty much said, you did something that caused him so much pain. What did you do? You said, I've only slept with one person in my whole life, two years into my relationship with Justin. And yet he's left the impression that you weren't faithful. If you were talking to your little sister now, and the girl who said that she was gonna stay a virgin till she got married, do you still think there's something to be said for that? Really, if I had an opportunity to shoot Britney Spears, I think I would. That's really bad. Because of the example for kids and how hard it is to be a parent and keep all of this away from your kids. I'm not here to babysit her kids. It's one thing not to want to be the role model anymore. It's another thing not to know that a lot of young girls are looking at this. But am I responsible for them? I mean, are you kidding me? That was the former first lady of Maryland. Um, I forgot her name. Her husband was the governor. I forgot his name. But who, who, who said. Who wanted to shoot Britney yeah, Spears. Yeah. But are we kidding about Diane Sawyer? Yeah. And it, the patronizing way she was asking these questions. Like, talk about the ultimate Karen. My gosh. Watching the documentary on Hulu, one of the most painful scenes for me to watch. It, it was difficult to watch. Yeah. Because we were watching Britney Spears struggle in real time. And the more vulnerable that she became, there was a greater interest in watching her uh, fail. Yeah. Will she OD? Will she commit suicide like Marilyn Monroe did? Yeah. Justin Timberlake uh, has apologized on Instagram. It's a lengthy post. I'm not going to share the entire post. I've seen the messages, tags, and comments and concerns, and I want to respond, he writes. 
I'm deeply sorry for the times in my life where my actions contributed to the problem, where I spoke out of turn or did not speak up for what was right. I understand that I fell short in these moments and in many others and benefited from a system that condones uh, misogyny. Yeah, thank you. And, and racism. I specifically want to apologize to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson, both individually, because I care for and respect these women. And I know I failed. We'll stop right there. If you want to apologize to them individually, why are you lumping them into the same Instagram post or apology? He continues, I also feel compelled to respond in part because everyone involved deserves better and most importantly because this is a larger conversation that I wholeheartedly want to be a part of and grow from. The industry is flawed. It sets men, especially white men, up for success. It's designed this way. As a man in a privileged position, I have to be vocal about this because of my ignorance. I didn't recognize it for all that it was while it was happening in my own life, but I do not want to ever benefit from others being pulled down again. I have not been perfect in navigating all of this throughout my career. I know this apology is a first step and doesn't absolve the past. I care deeply about the well-being of the people I love and have loved. I can do better and I will do better. Yeah, blah, blah. The scene, um, there was a scene in the, in the, in, in, in the documentary and they pull ep- uh, footage from an episode of Family Feud. I just cringed. The category was things Britney Spears has lost. And they had fun with this category. Some of the winning responses were her hair. Because remember she had the manic. Yeah. Shaved her head. uh, Her marriage. Her mind was a winning response on Family Feud. In the category things Britney Spears has lost. It's terrible. Terrible. Would not happen today. No, it would not. Thank God. And the girl was dealing with, you know, real mental issues at the time, clearly. What kills me about it is Diane Sawyer didn't sit down with NSYNC. She didn't ask them all these same questions. You know, are you are you still a virgin? Are you, you know, all these questions. And and what's worse is it's a woman asking another woman. I mean, my gosh, you know. The New York Times presents Framing Britney Spears. You're going to find it on Hulu. Uh, it's about the legal battle over her uh, conservatorship. Uh, conservatorship and her legal inability for more than a decade to control her own money and make her own decisions. Uh, she and her father were in court last week, and she did get some relief. Yeah, a little bit. And I told you, you know, the conservatorship is a tricky subject because I don't know that he is the one who needs to be in charge of it. And I do think there are people profiting off the conservatorship. But I also think there's two sides to everything. And if she... If she has in the past, which we know she's had some manic episodes, it may not be in her best interest, you know, to protect her for the long run, for her to be in charge of her own money and that type of thing. But I think there is incredibly strong control over anything she can do, which is not right. Netflix just announced this week that they are also working on a Britney Spears documentary well and she did and not, was, was she didn't a, participate in this one we should say too with the hulu yeah and right. she has she has said she has no interest in participating in a documentary right netflix though has said we all we have one coming out soon but ours was in the works it's not like they saw hulu doing yeah. one and said we're gonna do one too when that would they theirs was already in production uh, at the time and you may remember that with the fry festival or the fire what was it fire the fire festival both netflix and hulu had uh, competing documentaries as well we had so many people say to us, I've driven by here a thousand times and I've never stopped. I have heard gallery furniture my entire life, but have never visited the actual location until now. Here yeah. I am. I'm going to shop because. And, and get wow. a Pico's hot dog. Which, get, oh, those were good. 
I'm going to shop. Because indeed, like you have said, like we have seen and heard about in, in the Wolfman and Donna commercials for decades here in Atlanta, they do have something for every room in your house. Yeah, we had a couple people that just came up to, thankfully, and so sweet. And we loved just, gosh, meeting everybody and... I'm a hugger. I feel bad because I think some people that I hugged on didn't. I ask. Well, I don't. I just go in for the hug. Yeah, I don't know. I just love to hug. But anyway, we had a lot of people that came up and it was just so nice to, um, we truly think of everyone as like our friends. I mean, like, you know, people say like, oh, you know, I think of you as our friends when we're listening to you. You are our friends. That's what makes this community so great. And and it was so so awesome to see people and meet people and, you know, people that I'd heard their names, but just to kind of put a face with it. But Along with that, a couple of those people didn't come with the intention to purchase anything, and they did. Because the Donna just ropes you in that way. And you know how she gets you? I thought about this. Because you're sitting on a couch, you come in, and you're sitting at a table. That's how it happened with, with one of our you know, friends that came up. They were just sitting at a table, and they're like, this is a nice table. table. Yeah. This would actually fit in our and kitchen. Donna walks by, and she goes, yeah. y'all look great. Your family looks great at that table. <laughs> Yeah. Y'all look great at the table. Yeah, and gave them a great, Let me work with you. great price. Yeah. So that's the thing, too, is it, at least do yourself the favor if you're looking at furniture, because we had some other friends that were looking at a sectional, but came up there and got such an amazing price. They were thrilled. They were, like, thankful. And that's the thing. So if you are looking or you have looked at furniture at other stores, at least do yourself a favor. Drive up. Talk to Donna because that's the other thing I learned after being at Gallery Furniture. I think I was like selling furniture. I was like in on in with in with the crew, but they can order anything, anything, even if they don't have it on the floor. And you say to her, we had someone say, "I want a fabric headboard." She's like, "I got it." You know, a lot of the stuff they have a whole other warehouse, but they just don't always have room to put it on the showroom floor. But she was like, "And if I don't have it, I'll order it." So that's the thing too. Do not think that if you have maybe looked on the website or or looked around that that, that that they don't have what you want. Go up there. We had someone bring a, a picture. This was I was very impressed. They brought a picture of their um their empty their living room. Living room. And we're like, okay, what would fit here? I thought that was great. Very smart. Very smart. That was uh, Angel Goodine. Yeah. And her family traveled up with her husband and their son who's a junior in high school. They drove from Jenkinsburg, Georgia. I told him I'd lived in Atlanta my whole life. Don't even know where that is. It's an hour and a half one way. It's down near Jackson, Georgia, near the Jackson State Prison, about an hour south of Hartsfield Airport. Unbelievable. But it was totally worth it because they're now looking into some, you know, different things that might work in their room. So definitely give Donna and Marilyn and the gang up there a try. Whether you're looking for a dining room table, a king-size bed for your master, maybe just a sofa for the living room, recliners, I sat in them all. And that was quite a process because they have them just... Yeah queued and lined up in the 16,000 square foot warehouse and showroom gallery furniture ask for the wolfman ask for donna 1600 browns bridge road gainesville online at askforthewolfman.com mm. hello mr al Rowe, how are you sir hello who's this the irs oh gosh <laughs> that's who i need We'd like to talk to you, sir, about your taxes from 19 and 43. 19 and 43? Could you pull those up, please? <laughs> That's a long time ago. <laughs> Mr. Al Rowe is 19 years old. Oh, yeah? And he joins us on the My Second Act podcast. Mr. Al is your mother's Companion, partner. companion, boyfriend. Would you say that, would you describe yourself as mom's uh, boyfriend, Mr. Al? 
Yeah, I'll probably rise. Okay, I think I'll, that's good. My age, is that what you're looking for? It's 101 years old. How about this that? Year. 101. In 101. Ju- in January. January the 7th, 1920. Mr. Al and Nana had a surprise visitor on Sunday at their apartment. And it was three-year-old Leo Appen, who is the donut man here in North Fulton County, where we live. So what Leo does is he goes around to people who may need just a little extra love. And he, for whatever reason, and he brings donuts to them. And a lot of times he just leaves them on the doorstep. Sometimes he doesn't even get to see the people that he's, you know, leaving donuts for, delivering for. And Al and Nana, my mom, were an example of that. He brought them over. And because of COVID, you're not able to go into the facility. So he just had to leave them at the front desk. But he, we got a cute picture of him dropping them off. And he has a little donut robe that he wears. And he has a donut mask. And he's just, he is has the cutest little spirit. And, you know, he takes suggestions. Um, his dad takes suggestions from people who um, maybe their parents need a little love. Maybe it's someone who just had a baby. Maybe it's someone who's going through a tough time. Maybe it's someone who just is happy and just wants to get some do- Who doesn't want get it, to get donuts on a Sunday? So we dropped him, or Lee, we didn't. Leo dropped him at the front, Mr. Al. And then they delivered him to your apartment. Now, were there 12 in the box when they made it to your apartment? Yes, I think so. Maybe 10. I don't know. Yeah, they, they took two off the top of the front. They swiped them. <laughs> yeah. But it's a well, great, I don't great, know, really. great thing that Leo's doing. And uh, on Instagram, you can follow him at Spread Donut Love. D-O-N-U-T, at Spread Donut Love. And um, he's just a cute little kid doing great things. So, Mr. Al, we want to talk to you about, because we know you and my mom, Nana, have been... You just got the shot. You got your COVID vaccine the other day, right? You got the first one and the second dose. Is that right? That's right. So y'all are clear. They just need to let y'all out of that apartment and let you run free. Don't you think? I think so. They have us in quarantine for over a year. A year. And, and out of this room, I'm that her and I look out. It's really been a long time. And I know y'all love each other and y'all like to spend time together, but. I don't know if me and me and old uh, Caddy could survive a year just in one room. What? I think no. we probably could. No, that's that's tough, Mister Al. That's got to be tough. Tough on you <laughs> physically. Tough on you mentally. Tough on you emotionally. Right? Yeah, sure is. <laughs> but I got a pleasant surprise, as you know. And I got this call. They said that somebody wanted to see me at the at the front desk and. Because they wouldn't let him come in the building because we're in quarantine. So he was standing outside. And when I got down there, I was looking around for for the donut man. I didn't see him nowhere, but I saw this little boy. I understand he was about four years old, which I was presently surprised to see. And I would like to just tell you <clears throat> what a great joy it was to me on this Valentine's Day to see somebody that cared for other people in this day and time. It looks like, you know, we're having quite a hard time in this world of ours, you know, changing so fast that we can't keep up with it. But I'd just like to know there are some good people 
such as a four-year-old little boy would going around on the weekend with his daddy on the stand and giving donuts to people like firemen and I guess police and the people that do a lot of underhand work behind the scenes that none of us ever seen. I think that's a remarkable thing and it makes me so happy to be an American to see that we are going to have a few more good Americans that's on the way. So well said. Yeah. Everybody can just do a little something. That's what we're talking about. Just, you know, check in on your neighbors. Make sure they're yes. okay. <clears throat> What's Nana doing right now? Oh, sleep as usual. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear in the background. I can we, hear in the background. We eat, we eat them donuts and went to sleep. <laughs> Well, we love you to death. We cannot wait until all of this has has cleared. And, you know, I spoke with my father in Asheville, North Carolina yesterday, and he and his partner, Karen, his companion, Miss Karen, got their first shot of two uh, Friday, this past Friday. I know my mother got her first. So so I think that we're starting to maybe see some uh, resolution to this past year. It's hard to believe, Mr. Al that it's been a year. We're coming up on the one-year mark. March 13th is really the date, I believe, that most um, marked as the beginning of of, of the pan- lockdown, the, the lockdown portion of the pandemic anyway. So we're coming up on the one-year mark, Mr. Al. So of your 101 years on this earth, an entire year of that has been consumed by the coronavirus pandemic. An entire year. Unreal, isn't it? It's just unbelievable <clears throat> that um, I just can't believe it. I've been seeing a lot of things and a lot of changes in the in the in the world, but this is the first time that I've ever seen so many changes made. It's going to make us uh, older people and this generation probably and a few more live a different life. I think America will never be the same again as it was before all this started. And it looks like our government has a real hard time of getting down to business and serving the people, which is their job and what they were sent up there for. And talking about everything else, but what we need to do to make this a better place like this little boy did. Oh, Valentine's morning. Well, the first thing we're going to do, Mr. Al, when we can get you out of there, you know where me and you are going. We're going to have a margarita. Absolutely. Two of them. Two of them. You better believe it. <laughs> yes, I can't believe it, though. So how are y'all this morning? We're doing great. Good. We're good doing great. I haven't heard you lately, and um, it's good to hear you. Sounds good. Thank you, Mr. Al. Uh, hug Nana for us, pat her on the hind end for us, and uh, give her a pat and... <laughs> Huh? What not? No. No. Donna says no, but uh, do that, Mister Al, and uh, we will pass on your kind words to uh, three-year-old Leo Appen at Spread Donut Love on Instagram. Thank you for uh, your service. Thank you for joining us today on this episode, Mister Al, and uh, we cannot wait to uh, wrap our arms around you and see you soon. Well, thank you so much. I enjoy talking to you. We have the privilege to thank somebody for a good deed done. Bless him, and he will make a good man. I'm sure. 
And that's the kind of Americans that we need in this country. And I'm glad to see that we got some on the way. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. I love to you. Tell Anna we said hi and we love her too, okay? Okay. All right. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Well, here's, listen, here's what we're going to do. Anything that we had planned after that segment, we're just going to have to, uh, we're going to have to let go. I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you. Oh my gosh, it just brought tears to my eyes. How do you top something like that, Mr. Al Rowe? That just brought tears to my eyes. I know. I mean, like, and that, and it is what he was saying is so true. It's like, I think sometimes the older generation talks about a younger generation and it's like, oh, they don't do this. They can't do this. They don't work hard. They don't. And there is hope. There is hope. But here's the, here's the catch. We, as their parents, have to show them. We have to, we have to live in walk the same walk. You know, I, it, on a separate note, you know, Olivia has to do, and Charlotte both have to do a lot of volunteer hours. I volunteer with them because it's not enough to drop your kids at the front of somewhere and say, I'll pick you up in an hour when you're done serving. serving. Go and serve with them. And trust me, from high on the mountain, I never want to go. I don't. I never want to go. I don't want to get up early when the day comes. I'm like, why did I sign up for this? But I never walk out of the place that I volunteered and said, that was an hour wasted. You know, I always feel so much better. And I think if your kids can see you serving, I know a lot of times when you worked for the radio station, we would give away tickets or, or, or things for people who were in very challenging times. And I can remember one time Will saying to me, how come we don't keep some of the tickets for ourselves? Well, because the whole purpose of having good things sometimes and having access to things is giving them to other people. And, and you as a human and your kids should feel good about giving and how that makes them feel. And you know what the beautiful thing is? If you're listening to the podcast today and you're like, I haven't done a very good job with that, start today. That that is something that you can literally start today. If you have an elderly neighbor in your neighborhood, send one of your kids over with just, you know, some cookies or something. They don't have to be something you made and just check on them. Older people light up when they get around younger people. I see it all the time in mom and thems when we could go into the facility. It doesn't matter whose grandkids they are. It would be our kids when they were little running through the halls and every other grandparent who doesn't see their grandchildren just lights up you know so wise words from mr al 101 year old mr al Rowe. audio for this episode of my second act from Fremantle media abc news morgan wallet on instagram taylor swift on instagram our thanks to executive producer carl appen new episodes on tuesday and thursday of cadillac jack my second act part of the appen podcast network but hang on there's more Mr. Al calling him again. What do you think he wants? <laughs> should we should we take it cold? No. Here at the end of the episode, Mr. Al, just pot him up and see what he has to say. No. Note some executive producer Carl App and things that um, Carl wants to add to previous conversations on podcasts or corrections. I think most of them are going to be corrections. <clears throat> All right. What you got, Carl? Some uh, some corrections, some oh, not. First, okay. a couple uh, shotgun these off. Members of the Twenty Seven Club. Yes. They include Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, Kurt Cobain, uh, Amy Winehouse, right. Chris Austin, um, uh, Basquiat was the other kind of like. Yes, the know, artists. Those are the, the, the These are people artists, who have, have passed away at 27, actors, actors. at the age of 27. When you were in Boston, were they not pumping your gas? No. Because they do that now. 
Really? Mm-hmm. You, when, when were you in Boston? Recently? No, when I lived in Maine, in Boston. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like you just got back from a girls' trip or something. Well, I'm like, I missed that. Yeah. But no, they uh, they you can't like get out of your car, can't touch the the gas pumps. Not that I why really... because of the pandemic. No, no, no. This it's is like been like historically. So it's always full service. Maybe right? maybe it was, and I just don't remember. I mean, it was so cold. I can't imagine wanting to get out of your car to do that. Maybe you might have to take a road trip. Yes. And then uh, last thing I'll say is we talked a lot about saving tweets. Do we know about Twitter bookmarks? I don't, but I'm no. not on the Twitter. Nothing I have to say on Twitter. So Does anyone want to know? We were talking about how like when you like things. It comes up that you like it. It comes and, up and, you, and it's you, been promoting well, things. To me, it means I want to go back and, and revisit this. Or it's this right. is an yeah. article that I want yeah. to read. I just don't have time right now. But it could be an article that... Someone killed someone. Right. And and so I, I don't want the perception to be, okay, like Jack right. likes the fact that this mother was murdered. Right. By her husband. Do I have the solution for you? Good. Please. If you click the uh, the three red dots in the tweet, okay. you can do bookmark. <laughs> and then so then on your profile, you have a little bookmarks tab. Well, I have seen it. I just didn't know what it was for. Yeah. So it's basically the hidden likes. So if you want to really? keep something okay. for later, you click the bookmarks. What would you do wow. without Carl? Without Carl, mm. my life would be empty. Miserable. It really would. Also, uh, correction on myself, LaGrange from ZZ Top. Yes. Someone reached out there. Is LaGrange. I found it. I found it. I'm sure. I listened to it to hear the. I had people tell me that mine was actually more on task. Thank you for listening. It's time for lunch.